0: Welcome to the Chronological Bible Podcast by Love to Kiskeia. We are reading the New Living Translation of the Old Testament. Week 29, day two. Ezekiel chapter 39. Son of man, prophesy against Gog. Give him this message from the sovereign Lord. I am your enemy, O Gog, ruler of the nations of Meshech and Tubal. I will turn you around and drive you toward the mountains of Israel, bringing you from the distant north. I will knock the bow from your left hand and the arrows from your right hand, and I will leave you helpless. You and your army and your allies will all die on the mountains. I will feed you to the vultures and wild animals. You will fall in the open fields, for I have spoken," says the Sovereign Lord and I will rain down fire on Magog and on all your allies who live safely on the coast, then they will know that I am the Lord. In this way I will make known my holy name among my people of Israel. I will not let anyone bring shame on it, and the nations, too, will know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. That day of judgment will come, says the Sovereign Lord, Everything will happen just as I have declared it. Then the people in the towns of Israel will go out and pick up your small and large shields, bows and arrows, javelins and spears, and they will use them for fuel. There will be enough to last them seven years. They won't need to cut wood from the fields or forests, for these weapons will give them all the fuel they need. They will plunder those who plan to plunder them, and they will rob those who plan to rob them, says the Sovereign Lord. And I will make a vast graveyard for Gog and his hordes in the Valley of the Travelers, east of the Dead Sea. It will block the way of those who travel there, and they will change the name of the place to the Valley of Gog's Hordes. It will take seven months for the people of Israel to bury the bodies and cleanse the land. Everyone in Israel will help, for it will be a glorious victory for Israel, when I demonstrate my glory on that day, says the Sovereign Lord. After seven months, teams of men will be appointed to search the land for skeletons to bury, so the land will be made clean again. Whenever bones are found, a marker will be set up so the burial crews will take them to be buried in the Valley of Gog's hordes. There will be a town there named Hamana, which means horde and so the land will finally be cleansed. And now, son of man, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Call all the birds and wild animals, say to them, gather together for my great sacrificial feast, come from far and near to the mountains of Israel, and there eat flesh and drink blood. Eat the flesh of the mighty men, and drink the blood of princes as though they were rams, lambs, goats and bulls, all fattened animals from Bashan, gorge yourselves with flesh until you are glutted, drink blood until you are drunk. This is the sacrificial feast I have prepared for you. Feast at my banquet table, feast on horses and charioteers, on mighty men, and all kinds of valiant warriors," says the Sovereign Lord. In this way I will demonstrate my glory to the nations. Everyone will see the punishment I have inflicted on them and the power of my fist when I strike. And from that time on the people of Israel will know that I am the Lord their God. The nations will then know why Israel was sent away to exile. It was punishment for sin, for they were unfaithful to their God. Therefore, I turned away from them and let their armies destroy them. I turned my face away and punished them because of their defilement and their sins. So now, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I will end the captivity of my people. I will have mercy on all Israel, for I jealously guard my holy reputation. They will accept responsibility for their past shame and unfaithfulness after they come home to live in peace in their own land, with no one to bother them. When I bring them home from the lands of their enemies, I will display my holiness among them for all the nations to see. Then my people will know that I am the Lord their God, because they sent them away to exile and brought them home again. I will leave none of my people behind, and I will never again turn my face from them, for I will pour out my Spirit upon the people of Israel. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. Daniel chapter 3 King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue ninety feet tall and nine feet wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. So all these officials came and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted out, people of all races and nations and languages, listen to the King's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bow to the ground and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But some of the astrologers went to the king and informed of the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, Long live the king! You issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments." But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace, and then what god will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the god whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments, and because the king in his anger, had demanded such hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisers, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men, unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb, and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other god who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. Ezekiel chapter 40 On April 28, during the 25th year of our captivity, 14 years after the fall of Jerusalem, the Lord took hold of me. In a vision from God, he took me to the land of Israel and set me down on a very high mountain. From there I could see toward the south what appeared to be a city, As he brought me nearer, I saw a man whose face shone like bronze standing beside a gateway entrance. He was holding in his hand a linen measuring cord and a measuring rod. He said to me, Son of man, watch and listen. Pay close attention to everything I show you. You have been brought here, so I can show you many things. Then you will return to the people of Israel and tell them everything you have seen. I could see a wall completely surrounding the temple area. The man took a measuring rod that was 10 feet long and measured the wall, and the wall was 10 feet thick and 10 feet high. Then he went over to the Eastern Gateway. He climbed the steps and measured the threshold of the Gateway. It was 10 feet front to back. There were guard alcoves on each side built into the Gateway passage. Each of these alcoves was ten and a half feet square with a distance between them of eight and three-quarters feet along the passage wall. The gateway's inner threshold, which led to the entry room at the inner end of the gateway passage, was ten and a half feet front to back. He also measured the entry room of the gateway. It was fourteen feet across, with supporting columns three and a half feet thick. This entry room was at the inner end of the gateway structure. Facing toward the temple, there were three guard alcoves on each side of the gateway passage. Each had the same measurements, and the dividing walls separating them were also identical. The man measured the gateway entrance, which was 17 and a half feet wide at the opening and 22 and three quarters feet wide in the gateway passage. In front of each of the guard alcoves was a 21 inch curb. The alcoves themselves were 10 and a half feet on each side. Then he measured the entire width of the gateway, measuring the distance between the back walls of facing guard alcoves. This distance was 43 and three quarters feet. He measured the dividing walls all along the inside of the gateway up to the entry room of the gateway. This distance was 105 feet. The full length of the gateway passage was 87 and a half feet from one end to the other. There were recessed windows that narrowed inward through the walls of the guard alcoves and their dividing walls. There were also windows in the entry room. The surfaces of the dividing walls were decorated with carved palm trees. Then the man brought me through the gateway into the outer courtyard of the temple. A stone pavement ran along the walls of the courtyard, and thirty rooms were built against the walls, opening onto the pavement. This pavement flanked the gates and extended out from the walls into the courtyard the same distance as the gateway entrance. This was the lower pavement. Then the man measured across the temple's outer courtyard between the outer and inner gateways. The distance was 175 feet. The man measured the gateway on the north just like the one on the east. Here, too, there were three guard alcoves on each side with dividing walls and an entry room. All the measurements matched those of the East Gateway. The Gateway Passage was 87 and a half feet long and 43 and three quarters feet wide between the back walls of facing guard alcoves. The windows, the entry room, and the palm tree decorations were identical to those in the East Gateway. There were seven steps leading up to the Gateway entrance, and the entry room was at the inner end of the Gateway Passage. Here on the north side, just as on the east, there was another gateway leading to the temple's inner courtyard directly opposite this outer gateway. The distance between the two gateways was 175 feet. Then the man took me around to the south gateway and measured its various parts, and they were exactly the same as in the others. It had windows along the walls as the others did, and there was an entry room where the gateway passage opened into the outer courtyard like the others the gateway passage was 87 and a half feet long and 43 and three quarters feet wide between the back walls of facing guard alcoves this gateway also had a stairway of seven steps leading up to it and an entry room at the inner end and palm tree decorations along the dividing walls and here again directly opposite the outer gateway was another gateway that led into the inner courtyard The distance between the two gateways was 175 feet. Then the man took me to the south gateway leading into the inner courtyard. He measured it, and it had the same measurements as the other gateways. Its guard alcoves, dividing walls, and entry room were the same size as those in the others. It also had windows along its walls and in the entry room, and like the others, the gateway passage was 87 and a half feet long and 43 and three quarters feet wide. The entry rooms of the gateways leading into the inner courtyard were 14 feet across and 43 and three quarters feet wide. The entry room to the south gateway faced into the outer courtyard. It had palm tree decorations on its columns, and there were eight steps leading to its entrance. Then he took me to the east gateway leading to the inner courtyard. He measured it, and it had the same measurements as the other gateways. Its guard alcoves, dividing walls, and entry rooms were the same size as those of the others, and there were windows along the walls and in the entry room. The gateway passage measured eighty-seven and a half feet long and forty-three and three quarters feet wide. Its entry room faced into the outer courtyard. It had palm tree decorations on its columns. And there were eight steps leading to its entrance. then he took me around to the north gateway leading to the inner courtyard. He measured it, and it had the same measurements as the other gateways. The guard alcoves, dividing walls and entry room of this gateway had the same measurements as in the others, and the same window arrangements. The gateway passage measured eighty seven and a half feet long and forty three and three quarters feet wide. Its entry room faced into the outer courtyard and it had palm tree decorations on the columns. There were eight steps leading to its entrance. A door led from the entry room of one of the inner gateways into a side room where the meat for sacrifices was washed. On each side of this entry room were two tables where the sacrificial animals were slaughtered for the burnt offerings, sin offerings, and guilt offerings. Outside the entry room, on each side of the stairs going up to the north entrance were two more tables. So there were eight tables in all, four inside and four outside, where the sacrifices were cut up and prepared. There were also four tables of finished stone for preparation of the burnt offerings, each thirty-one and a half inches square and twenty-one inches high. On these tables were placed the butchering knives and other implements for slaughtering the sacrificial animals. There were hooks, each three inches long, fastened all around the foyer walls. The sacrificial meat was laid on the tables. Inside the inner courtyard were two rooms, one beside the north gateway facing south, and the other beside the south gateway facing north. And the man said to me, The room beside the north inner gate is for the priests, who supervise the temple maintenance. The room beside the south inner gate is for the priests in charge of the altar, the descendants of Zadok. For they alone, of all the Levites, may approach the Lord to minister to him. Then the man measured the inner courtyard, and it was square, 175 feet wide and 175 feet across. The altar stood in the courtyard in front of the temple. Then he brought me to the entry room of the temple, He measured the walls on either side of the opening to the entry room, and they were eight and three quarters feet thick. The entrance itself was twenty-four and a half feet wide, and the walls on each side of the entrance were an additional five and a quarter feet long. The entry room was thirty-five feet wide and twenty-one feet deep. There were ten steps leading up to it, with a column on each side. Thank you for joining us on this journey through God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can also find the Chronological Bible Group on Facebook and Instagram to join us there as well and find more supplemental information. We look forward to being in the scriptures here together again tomorrow. God bless you.